Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Well, there you are. I'm glad you have come to the table today. I encourage you to have a seat as we kind of jump into a conversation that is very timely. It's very interesting. The first journal entry I have this year, January 1st, this is what I wrote. It comes from a quote by Ann Voskamp, but it resonated with me. This is the year to engage silences regularly and retreat to the backside of the wilderness, because when you do not need to be seen or heard, you can see and hear in desperately needed ways. Wow. How prophetic that particular quote has come into play. Here we are. We are four and a half months into a season of uncertainty. It feels as if we are all firmly planted in midair right now. Latest statistics, the COVID crisis is spiking once again in various spots in the nation. There's tremendous unrest as it relates to race. We're politically polarized. We're in the middle of an election staring us in the face. According to the Census Bureau, one third of Americans suffer from clinical depression or an age anxiety disorder, one third. 71% of Americans are angry. 66% of Americans are afraid. And if there's an overlap there, the perfect overlap would tell us that at least 37% of Americans are angry and afraid. And that is not a good combination. We are in desperate need of looking up. We are in desperate need of looking to who our only hope is. Our hope is in the Lord. Colossians tells us that Jesus Christ is holding this world together. He holds all things together, and he is holding us together now, even in a season thick with uncertainty. So I hope for the next few moments that what I share, you know, just share some encouraging things, some things that I've found to be greatly encouraging, fed my soul during this season. I'm going to share an album. I'm going to share a quote. I'm going to share a movie. I'm going to wrap it up with some scripture that talks about Jesus. I have discovered uh, last year the music of Andrew Peterson. And I'm like, he has been around 20 years. And I'm just now getting to discover him, appreciate him. And I started this year taking one album at a time. 
and, and listening to it throughout an entire month so that I became very acquainted with that album. In the month of July, I am now listening to Andrew's album, It's Light for the Lost Boy. And this album could not be more timely in my life right now. This album is probably going to go into my top 10 albums of all time. Some, something's going to get bumped out, and, and Andrew's Light for the Lost Boy is going in this place. This has become the soundtrack for my season right now, my summer. It's a soundtrack for anyone who's firmly planted in midair, as we all are. And when you listen to the album, I encourage you to listen to it. Andrew Peterson is a contemporary Christian musician. His lyrics are phenomenal. I feel about Andrew Peterson like, for those of you who know me, like I feel about Joe T. Garcia's Mexican food, best Mexican food on the planet, Fort Worth, Texas. And this particular album, listen to it in its entirety from start to finish because he's done a masterful job of putting songs in such order. I mean, it's almost like they come in waves, like one wave will be heavy with yearning and, and, and the next wave comes and makes this tremendous testimony of faith, statement of faith. And it's this back and forth all through this album. I just want to share a few quotes. I wish I had Andrew on here to talk about this particular album. First album, the first song on the album, come back soon, come back soon. And, and here, listen to these words. We wake in the night in the womb of the world. We beat our fist on the door. We cannot breathe in the sea that swirls. So we groan in this great darkness for deliverance, deliverance, oh Lord. Is that not where we are? Next song, Cornerstone. Wow. Cornerstone. The Bible says in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, talks about Jesus says, Jesus Christ, Scripture has said, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. For those of you who no, Jesus, you understand he is the cornerstone. All the weight of this world rests on him. All the weight of this pandemic rests on him. He is holding all things together. The weight of your salvation rests on him. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and there's only one way to get back to a right relationship with God, and it's Jesus, Jesus Christ. If you argue with that, if you don't believe that, then the Bible's very honest. It just says right there in verse 8, well, you know what? He's the cornerstone, but if you don't believe, if you're resisting him, if you don't trust him, then he becomes a stumbling stone to you. And usually we try to kick stumbling stones out of the way, get them out of our path, avoid them. I want you to listen to his lyrics, Andrew Peterson's lyrics on the song Cornerstone. He says, You've been a mystery since the moment that I met you. You never move, but I can never seem to catch you. Wow. Have you not discovered, if you know Jesus, have you not discovered for yourself he was so much more than you thought he was when you first put your trust in him? I mean, he's a mystery. He's a mystery. A child can understand this mystery, and yet 
a theologian, somebody who studies God all the time will never reach the bottom. I love the line, you never move, but I can never seem to catch you. Truth. Other songs, Rest Easy, The Voice of Jesus. Then he's got a song, The Ballad of Jody Baxter, and it's based on Marjorie Rawlings' classic, The Yearling. And if you know the story, I need to go back and watch the movie again, or maybe I need to pick up a book and read the story. But it's about a young boy who finds a fawn uh, in, in the woods, and, and he takes this fawn, and, and the fawn is, is uh, motherless, and he helps that fawn to grow. And, and he asks his father if he can keep the fawn. And the father knows that, that keeping this young deer, is, he's not going to be able to keep it forever. And it's just a story of childhood. And, and Peterson's lyrics, he, he says, what, what was good, 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 which is having spending the time in childhood and that innocence and, and that fascination and wonder with, with the fawn. He says, what was good, good, good is gone, gone, gone. And there's a little boy who's lost out in the woods, always looking for the fawn. Little boy, little girl, innocence lost. Back to a simpler time. The yearning for things to be made right. Next song is Day by Day. And, and again, it's, it's an uplifting song. And he says, and we just can't get used to being here where the ticking clock is loud and clear. Children of eternity on the run from entropy. 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 And it hurts so bad, but it's so good to be young. And I don't want to go back. I just want to go on and on and on day by day. So don't lose heart, though your body's wasting away. Your soul is not. It's being remade day by day by day. My personal favorite on the album, the one that I connect with or it has connected with me, Shine Your Light on Me. Last song on the album, Don't You Want to Thank Someone? Can't you feel it in your bones? Something isn't right here. Something that you've always known, but you don't know why. Because every time the sun goes down, we face another night here, waiting for the world to spin around just to survive. But when you see the morning sun burning through a silver mist, don't you want to thank someone? Don't you want to thank someone for this? Stop this podcast right now. Go look up Light for the Lost Boy, Andrew Peterson. Listen to these songs. Let God use them to feed your soul. Second thing, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I listened to The Habit. It's a, a podcast produced by The Rabbit Room. Jonathan Rogers is the host. He talks to different authors. And it's a, it's a podcast about writing. And I've written, written some. I've written a couple of books. I, I'm a writer and author, kind of in process there. But he had author Emily P. Freeman on his show a few weeks ago. And she was relaying a story told by an individual by the name of Charles Whelan, another author. And the name of Charles's book is 10 and a half things no commencement speaker ever said. And she shares the story how Whelan said that several years ago, he was in Chicago. He was about to go on live television 
and, and he was, he was nervous. He was 30 seconds from being live in the host of the show, Phil Ponce, a journalist leaned over to Charles Whelan and he said these words, he says, uh, don't try to be great. Just be solid. Don't try to be great. Just be solid. I wonder who needs to hear that. I needed to hear that when I heard that line. Don't try to be great. Just be solid. And I thought about how much time I've spent in my life trying to be great. You know, when you do things as unto the Lord, you want to do them with all excellence. That, that's, a, that's leaning in the right direction. That's the heart we should bring, to bring excellence before him, to do our best. Sometimes we try so hard to be great, we're no longer authentic. We're no longer vulnerable. I think this happens a lot in Christian circles. People who speak before us at church who lead music or sing worship trying to be great don't try to be great just be solid and then emily freeman unpacks that a little bit she says you know we all know what it feels like to try to be great and she said i would venture that most of us feel like we're we're falling short of that because if great is the standard, then it's like, who gets to decide what that is? But solid is almost this idea of being a fixed point. And when I think of being solid, I think of being grounded, being rooted, not floating away, of being gathered. And that is more accessible, much more accessible, because I can think of times in my life where I have experienced being tethered to something deep and being fully rooted in who I most fully am. And that's something you know on the inside, where greatness is something you have to prove on the outside. Good news. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus, if he has changed your life, if you've been redeemed, you've got nothing to prove to anyone. No matter how much the world puts pressure on you to try to be great. What a facade. Don't try to be great. Just be solid. We're firmly planted in midair. And for some of us, you know, that, that thought of, yes, being planted, I want the security, I want the certainty. That's why this pandemic is rattling our cage because we're not in control and we're suddenly aware we're not in control and we're being told what to do and we're losing some freedoms and we like being in control. We like being our own God. I was wrestling with God the other day in the woods, just having to talk to him. And, and this came out just, it just, I said, God, let me be you for one hour and I can straighten out a whole lot. Whew. And immediately I had a couple of thoughts. First thought, it's as if God said, 
Oh, you don't like the way I'm running things, huh? <laughs> no, I'm perfectly happy to let you be sovereign because that's who you are. And I'm doing my best to rest in your sovereignty every day, realigning myself with your sovereignty. That was the first thought that came to mind. The second thought, that desire to be God is what started all this mess in the first place. Is that not what happened in the Garden of Eden? Is that the, not the line the enemy used to seduce, seduce Eve and Adam? Bite this fruit. You'll be like God. You'll have the knowledge of God. We're firmly planted in midair. Some of us want to be back to normal again, whatever normal was before. That's part of being firmly planted in midair. But there's another part. And that brings us to the third and final little section before I'll share a couple of scriptures. I want to recommend a movie. I've recommended a, a CD, an album. I want to recommend a movie. I was blown away the other night. It's been on Prime Video for months now. And the other night, I just felt drawn to watch it. I needed something to kind of help my mind escape. And, and there's a movie, The Aeronauts. If you've not watched The Aeronauts, go watch it. You'll be glad you did. Matter of fact, if you have children, probably eight or nine or ten right in that age frame and above, watch it. It's a wonderful, it's not a Disney movie, but it's, a, it's just a wonderful story and your children will love it because it is this incredible adventure based on true events. It takes place in 1862. In the movie, a pioneering meteorologist and a daredevil balloon pilot fly higher in a, in a hot air balloon than anyone in history. The meteorologist is taking the flight to measure the pressure and, and measure some things about the clouds and the skies as they continue to ascend upward and upward and upward in order to gather information because he believes if we knew what's going on up above us, this is 1862, I, might, I remind you, if we know what's going up, on up above us, we can predict the weather. Huh. And so that's why he is going on the journey, the, silent, the, the scientist and his, this daredevil pilot. And let me just say, this is a mesmerizing adventure. We, we see a lot of adventures on the silver screen that take place on terra firma on Earth. We, you know, all these adventures. We, uh, goodness, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars. We've been in the outer space for years in those kind of adventures, but this is an area of adventure you don't see very often. I've never seen a story like this before, exploring the adventure between the ground and the stratosphere, the edge of the Earth's atmosphere. And it is mesmerizing. It is, it is, this movie is filled with wonder. It's filled with surprise. It's filled with danger. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Just watch it. It's about the journey, the ascent up into the heavens, and then the descent back down to earth. 
almost sounds like I've talked about two contradictory things in this idea of being firmly planted in midair, that being tethered, as Emily Freeman put it, being tethered, being solid, being rooted, being grounded, and this idea of getting in a hot air balloon and going up into the heavens to explore a realm where no one has gone before. Being firmly planted in midair really describes where we are right now. But it has also always described in my mind what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're firmly planted in midair. This is the walk of faith. This is what we are called to. We're not called to planet and live this little secure never take a step of faith, get into this routine, show up at church once a week, do a few things every now and then, serve on a few committees, and that's just kind of the blah of our Christian walk. We're, we're called to be disciples. We're called to go and make disciples. We're called to engage this world, and that is going to, if we're listening to the God of Scripture, if we're listening to the Jesus of the Gospels, that is going to take us to some places that for us, comfort-wise, is going to feel like taking a hot air balloon up into the stratosphere. I believe Jesus calls us to do these type things, and when he speaks, it's time to obey, and we have to do both. We're so prone to want to be binary, either or. No, it's both and. Yes, there's the solidness to our faith, the anchor of our faith, and then there's the call to go and be where he chooses we go. We'll read a passage of scripture, a couple of them. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent out his disciples on their first mission trip, solo trip without him. Beginning with verse 1, it says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6, so they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. They were preaching the gospel, but Jesus wasn't with them, but he'd given them the message to preach. They were healing people everywhere, but Jesus wasn't with them, but he had given them the authority to represent him. And then it says, a few verses down, it says, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. That's about all it unpacks right there in the Luke 9 account. Then if you go over the next chapter, Luke chapter 10, evidently there were more than 12 individuals following Jesus because Luke chapter 10 tells this story. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So you've got 36 mission teams going out, 36 two by two groups going out. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. 
And he gives them some other instructions. Verse 17, it says, the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Lord, you should have been there. You should have seen this happen. And then this happened over here. And it's amazing. And, and this came out of my mouth. And, and this, this was the reaction. And, and Jesus listens to their excitement. In verse 18, he replies, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> wow. Uh, they were talking about the demon submitting in his name. And Jesus said, Matter of factly, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And verse 21 says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children, to these 72. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. It's almost as if Jesus is saying here, guys, that is great. I gave you that authority. I sent you out. You went in my authority. You went in my name. You saw my power displayed. That is exciting. That is like getting in a hot air balloon and going out to the stratosphere and then coming back down here and reporting. That is awesome. But then he gives them this. He says, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, there's your base. There's your solidness. Don't try to be great. Don't get caught up in the greatness. Don't get caught up in the spectacle. Praise me for the miracles. But don't forget I'm the miracle maker, the way maker. Praise me for the beauty of creation, but don't forget that I'm the creator. Both, though, are part of this walk of faith. I hope you are encouraged by something just shared as you are firmly planted in midair in this season. I want to share one more lyric, and then we'll see you later. Going back to that last song on... Light for the Lost Boy. Don't you want to thank someone? Here's another lyric. Don't you ever wonder why, in spite of all that's wrong here, there's still so much that goes so right and beauty abounds. <laughs> there's a lot wrong around us but it's amazing that in this broken world there's still so much that goes so right be encouraged keep looking up until next time